Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast with your host, Andrew Keel. This is the podcast where you can get the education you need to invest 100% passively in the highly profitable niche of mobile home parks. Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Keel. And today we have an amazing guest in Mr. Gabe Peterson of Kaizen Properties. Before we dive in, I want to ask you a real quick favor. Would you mind please taking an extra 30 seconds and heading over to iTunes to rate this podcast with five stars? This helps us get more listeners, and it means the absolute world to me. So thanks for making my day with that review of the show. All right, let's dive in. Gabe is a mobile home park and self-storage investor and the host of the podcast, The Real Estate Investing Club. After working corporate and dabbling in real estate for the better part of a decade, Gabe decided to take the leap full-time into real estate in 2019, and since then, he has purchased two mobile home slash RV parks and four self-storage facilities across three states. Gabe is based out of Seattle, Washington, and uh, we're excited to have him. So Gabe, welcome to the show. Awesome, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Dude, let's start off by just hearing a little bit about your story and what got you interested in manufactured housing. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I, I like to tell my story just because I know other people out there also got started in corporate or are also in corporate and they are looking for a way out. That's exactly where I was, I don't know, more than a decade ago now. But um, so yeah, I graduated UW with a degree in philosophy that you can't do anything with philosophy. I'd planned on going to law school, um, but I followed some lawyers and I was like, this is not the job for me. Got into uh, consulting. Um, I was a project manager and a business analyst for about seven, eight years. Um, but I really, the job was fun. I just didn't like being in corporate. I didn't like having to drive, you know, an hour and a half every day to get to work. And then I didn't really like the lack of freedom, um, the lack of direction, self-direction that I could have uh, in, in the job. So I probably about five years in, I started looking for a way out, you know, what can I do? I wanted to be wanted to start my own business. Um, I tried an e-commerce store that didn't work, or actually it did work. I just didn't like the job. I tried uh, marketing for other people because I got good at marketing in e-commerce. But again, I was just kind of sitting behind the computer and I didn't really like that. And so then I got into, or actually I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is the start of so many people's stories out there. I love it. <laughs> um, and I started, decided to get into or, uh, real estate. And that's when I started um, wholesaling, doing some flips. And that kind of led me down the path of real estate. Um, about eight years into the corporate world, I decided to take the, you know, the full leap, um, get out of corporate and go dive, dive headfirst into real estate. Uh, it took me a while, it took me about six to eight months, but then I bought my first mobile home park um, out in George Washington with some partners, bought the second one shortly thereafter. And then I got into self-storage and I bought four self-storage and that's kind of condensing the story wow. down, but here we are today. That's fantastic, man. Well, congratulations on your success because that's not your typical, you know, ramp up going from, Hey, we're just dabbling to all the way into commercial. So yeah. that's super awesome. Tell me a little bit more about your parks and kind of how you put those deals together. Your, you know, the size of them, you know, give me the lowdown. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we, I always start kind of with how we found the parks. Cause I feel like that is, especially when you're just getting started, that's one of the most difficult things to do is find a good deal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mentioned before I had a little bit of background in marketing um, and I joined some partners and we started marketing for properties, off-market marketing. So we did, uh, we did some mailers. We didn't have a ton of success with mailers, um, but we did our RVM, so ringless voicemail and text marketing. Um, and that was, you know, we were, found a lot of success with that. We got this one, uh, the first one in George through an RVM, I believe. So it's a, it's just a voicemail drop that goes into their, um, in their inbox. And it just said, Hey, you know, we're, we're local investors. We'd love to make you an offer. If you're interested, um, we got a call back and I said, yes, we'd love to. It was, it was kind of funny. This, uh, the owner of this property, um, sellers are, that's one of my favorite things about real estate is talking to sellers. Cause they all have crazy stories, but, uh, this guy, he basically, he owned this park, obviously, but his main business was potatoes. He's like the potato, potato king of Washington <laughs> State. And what uh, people don't know about Washington is we, we're one of the biggest producers of potatoes. We, we rival um, Idaho. Idaho. And so this guy was just dominating of potatoes and he had wanted to get into, he wanted to create kind of a themed city um, in George. And uh, he bought tons of land, tried to go down this path, realized that's, you know, this is my, my, strengths are potatoes. I can't do this. Um, so he started selling off. He tried to sell everything that he owned in the city. Um, George is a really tiny thing. Um, but he didn't, he had to start parceling it out and we called him about this park. He's like, sure, whatever, let's, let's sell it. I don't want this. I got to get back to my potatoes. Um, so we got a good deal on it. It was, uh, it's not a great park. It was kind of run down. Um, but you know, that's where the best deals are. Uh, and we bought it for, uh, 450,000 and we got seller financing on it. Um, it's a 10 year note. Uh, and we got really good interest. I can't remember what, I think it was 3.5%. Um, and we put, I don't remember the numbers. I think it was 10 or 15% down. So really low. Um, and how many lots is it? It is 26 lots and we are adding four. Okay. Uh, 26. Nice. No, 27 lots and we're adding four, sorry. Okay. Um, 27 lots and it also has a, uh, a duplex on it, but the duplex is completely run down. We're, we're more leaning to the side of demolishing it than rehabbing it. Um, but each, each site rents for, right now rents for 350, um, but the market rent is around 400, 425. Mm. And so we're slowly increasing it to that. Um, it's on city water, city sewer. Unfortunately, they're not submetered. Um, so the, uh, the water bills included in the, um, in the price and, uh, yeah, so far it's been a great deal. It's uh, it's all migrant workers, which I, you know, we own this other park and they are not migrant, migrant workers. I, I really like owning a, par- a property, you know, that, that services the migrant workers because they're just, they're always on time with their, with their payments. It's just a very, very good demographic to be, uh, to be providing housing to. Awesome. So what's your plans? You know, you said it's not submetered the one that's uh, 31 lots or 27 plus the four is what, are you going to submeter it? Have you guys thought of doing that? Seems like a no brainer. Yeah, we've thought of doing it. We went down that path and I don't remember why we decided it wasn't a good point right now. I think there was something to do with the, I wasn't the one that got the bid, but I think there was something to do with the actual connection. When you get the, um, the sub meter, it was like what water Metron or something like that. Metron um, Farnier. Well, yeah. That's one of who those. we use. Yeah. With like the radio reads. And I mean, it's, 
it's first class and it's not that expensive unless, you know, maybe the city wouldn't allow you to sub meter or something like that, which we've run into that before, but you know, a lot of times they're on your side because they're conserving the total amount of water. So I, I highly recommend if I was you after this podcast, I would get on the phone with Bill, Bill Beard, I think is his name with Metron. And you should seriously consider submetering that park ASAP. I mean, that's like the easiest value add you can do. What we found when we submeter a park, instantly the tenants start using 30% less water than they were the month before. So it's like, yep. it's a no brainer. I mean, you guys obviously with the seller financing, everything got a really great deal, yep. uh, but I would definitely juice it unless you want to sell it yeah. to me and, and leave it unsubmetered and then I'll come <laughs> in and submeter it. No, I, it is a good idea. And it's something we need to do. Um, we'd been focusing on other things, you know, prior to that, but it is something that we probably should do. There had, there was something to do with the actual connection of this, of the meter to the, the, the water. Meter? Yeah. To the water lines. Okay. There, there is some other work that had to be done and it cost like $20,000. And we were like, nah, we, we don't want to do that right now. I can't remember what it was, but there was something in there. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that was 27 lots. Tell me about the other one. You have another one uh, in Washington as well. Yep. And that one's in uh, Moses Lake, which is probably about 30 ish minutes away from the original one. Um, again, that one we got through uh, RVMs. And um, again, we got seller financing on it and it just absurd deal. He gave us 2.6% interest. Wow. Um, we got it for 650,000 and there are 47 units there. Um, wow. Nine of them are mobile home, mobile homes, and the remainder are, are RVs, long-term RVs. Um, luckily, both of the parks are 100% full. Uh, the the Moses Lake one is renting at 450 per unit. Wow! Um, and it also has it. It originally was a uh, a KOA um, or something like that. I don't know if it's specifically KOA, but it, that's how kind of it it functioned. Um, and so the very front of the of the park is it has this big structure on it. Like, um, kind of like it used to be like a community space. Um, so mm. the top has a, 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 an apartment. And so that's where our property manager who manages both of the parks, uh, she lives there. She has the bottom to herself. She has her office. Um, and then there's communal bathrooms and then the, the, this one is on well and septic. So it's different than the George one. Um, which is interesting because it's, it saves a lot of money. I was always against well and septic when we were learning. I was, we were taught don't ever buy well and septic. It's a problem. I like it. It saves a ton of money. And uh, we've had to replace one septic system. It was actually pretty expensive. It was like $30,000. But um, how long have you owned this property, the Moses Lake one? That one we bought in March of 2020. There's still time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for things to go wrong. You There's mean. <laughs> still plenty of time for things to go wrong. Yeah. I, just from experience of, of owning and operating private utilities, you know, it's, you know, it seems, it seems like it's not that bad, but you know, not that it can't be right. It's all how it's maintained. You know, it's, yep. if it's maintained well, it can last. Uh, but uh, you just, de you definitely have to find a good manager. That's going to make sure to keep it maintained and keep the lines clear and, and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's awesome that you're, you already got those two. And then how do you manage them? Do you just manage them in-house? Yeah. So we, um, we hired the property manager and we got really lucky. She is amazing. Property managers, in my opinion, can make or break a deal. Totally. And when you get a good one, 
it is just it's night and day so she's great and we love love having her um and she manages both the george property and the willows property or the moses lake property that's great yeah the on-site management team you know if it's if they're good it makes your life i'll never forget the very first park that i bought it was a husband and wife management team and the husband was very handy the wife was very you know diligent and tech savvy so it was the perfect match and she's still with us to this day and it just was like if if this is what mobile home park you know management ownership is like I want to buy a ton of these. This is great. You know, and then we've, we've run into other hurdles where, you know, not every management uh, team is as good as that one. Uh, But yeah, that's wonderful, man. So tell me what has been the toughest hurdle for you in the business, Gabe, in mobile home park business. I know you have other stuff going on, but. Yep. 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 The toughest hurdle. Let me think about that one for a second. Is Um, it management? Is it acquisitions? Is it financing? What would you say? Uh, not the financing with the seller financing you're getting. Yeah, we got lucky. Um, I, I know, you know, I've done a ton of other talked to a million, you know, a ton of other sellers and not, not many of them want seller financing. I'm sure you've seen the same experience. Um, but we got really lucky with those. And so we're, we're happy with that. Um, in terms of the most difficult thing, it's probably, it's, I mean, it's, it's been really good. I, I I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now because it's been, uh, it's been really good with those two properties, probably management. If I just had to choose something, um, sure. just because, you know, these are tenants can have things come up and break things. And so management is probably number one. And also the Moses Lake property, the, uh, that structure that I was talking to you about, that one had a lot of issues. And so we had to like tear out a bathroom. Um, we had to do quite a bit of stuff to that, to make it livable for, uh, for Katrina, the, the property manager. So, gotcha. but that, it's not that big of a deal. I, I, I don't want to complain because it's just a, it's just a mini flip, but sure. uh, it's probably the hardest thing in terms of what we had to deal with, with the had to deal with thus far. Right. Yeah. Okay. And you bought both of those properties. What? 2019, 2020? No. So I jumped, I uh, made the leap 2019, but it took six to eight months to get to even buy one. And so the first property was bought in 2020. Um, 2020. That okay. was, so that was either uh, way, either way, yeah. it, it, they're fairly recent, right? Yep. And they're yeah, going yeah, well, yeah. and you're just kind of getting your feet wet. That's, that's great. Um, well, let me ask you this, just from your perspective, like, what is what, what would you say are the most important things passive investors, you know, like LPs, what would mm-hmm. they need to look out for when investing into mobile home parks? Like what are things like obviously they don't need to know, you know, if if homes have shutoffs underneath the homes and things like that. Like they're looking more big picture. You know, what tips would you give them just knowing what you know now? As an LP, the first thing you need to look for is the track record of the person of the GP of the general partner. Um, I mean, that's number one, if, if they've done it before, it's really hard because, you know, even when you're a new, uh, new investor and you're trying to get people to invest with you, you don't have that track record. And so it's really difficult to get the, get the investors to jump on board. But I mean, as the LP, that's really something you got to look for. Does, has this person successfully executed uh, a deal before? Have they taken a park that was in bad condition, fixed it up, you know, brought it up to market, increased the, uh, the, the value of the property. And can they actually deliver on their on their promises? So probably just track record of the GP is number one. 
I think that's the most important because if you trust your GP, then you don't really need to know too much more about the, the actual operations or um, underwriting of a mobile home park. But if you're interested in that, I think it's really important to, to understand what makes a good deal and what, why there's going to be a good return on a property. So, you know, understanding the Metro, understanding market rates. So doing your own research, looking into a Metro, seeing maybe even call a few mobile home parks in the area to, to verify that this, uh, this, you know, the investor, the GP that you're going with, um, has done his homework and, you know, has done is actually getting into a good deal. So, uh, so stuff like that is probably the, the easiest things that a, uh, an LP can do to, to verify that it's a good investment. Definitely. And tell me, Gabe, what's your plan for the future? You know, you have these two parks, uh, things are going, you know, pretty well with them. You know, are you going to continue to grow the mobile home park space? It looks like you're also into self-storage and that's going well. Uh, what's the, what's the plan for, uh, your company? Yeah. So I, I was lucky up until this last deal I did, I was able to do it with my own money. Um, so that I just did my first deal where I uh, brought on other ex, you know, outside investors to, uh, to take down the park and so, or the, the self-storage facility. And so that's the goal is, uh, I, I kind of got the taste. I really like, um, you know, making other people money. I like you know, bringing a pro well, I, I like the process of, um, investing itself, just finding something that doesn't, you know, needs a little love, giving it that love and then seeing the end result. But I'm really, I've gotten the bug for, for getting, you know, bringing other people along and, uh, and really help, helping them out in terms of, in terms of return on their investment. So that's, that's the goal going forward. Um, I like both mobile home parks and self-storage. They're two different things, but I, you know, I really like both of them. Um, I've also looked at uh, retail commercial um, kind of like strip centers. I think that's something that I might do in the future, but right now just self-storage mobile home parks. Um, I'm going to keep going down that route. Very cool. Yeah. Both of those are good. We, we recently got into some storage as well, and oh, nice. uh, it's a good compliment to, to parks, but parks, you know, are still our main bread and butter. Let me ask you this, Gabe, what does the perfect mobile home park look like in your eyes and why? Perfect mobile home park. Oof, that's a good one. Well, I think there's two different types of perfect mobile home parks. There is the flip perfect mobile home park, and then there is the just walk into it and buy it and you're done perfect mobile home park. Um, I'll start with the second one. If you, it, it's just, it would be ideal if you got a, you know, there's a, a mobile home park that is on city water, city sewer. It's all sub metered. It's, you know, it's got a, per, a really good property manager in there. Um, it's got con, or, uh, paved roads, maybe a little bit of skirting. All, all the, the homes are really nice gating. Um, there's a sign, you know, it's really clean mobile home park. And if you got it for an eight cap, you know, if it's a perfect mobile home park, it's in great condition. All the homes are relatively new and you got it for an eight cap. That would be, that would be mm. great. Um, on the other side, a flip uh, in perfect in that sense, it's just see flips. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta love them as they are. You can't, <laughs> Sure. You know, if you're doing value add, there is there, you can't look for perfect. Um, you gotta take them as they are and run with it, but it really just comes down to, is it, can you increase the value? Um, so is our, our, uh, rents under market? Um, is there a good opportunity for you to really 
bring the value of the property up in terms of cleaning it up, uh, repairing maybe broken, um, broken lines, um, anything like that. So just, is there a good opportunity to improve value and, uh, well, is it in a good Metro? Um, but for, for a value add property, you really, yeah, you got to love it as it is. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is you got to be prepared for the project, right? You know, it's in storage, it's a little bit different. You know, you kind of can do that market research and it, a lot of your value add could be just raising rents because a lot of the mom and pops haven't, but the value add in mobile home parks is a whole different ball game. You know, it's, it's a lot more labor intensive and uh, bringing in homes, especially, you know, is mm -hmm. uh, is a big undertaking. Have you done any of that yet in any of your parks? So uh, I mentioned we bought it 27 units and we're adding four. So we just added two of them. Um, and so one of them, somebody came in, they wanted to bring the RV. So we allowed that. And the other one, it's our first, our first site that we're actually bringing in a home and we found the home. Um, it needs some love, but it's it was like $6,000. So it was really cheap. And uh, we're going to bring it in and this will be our first experience. Nice. <laughs> what so what advice could you give us? Oh man. Um, what advice I would say, whoo, Man, I would say number one, make sure your foundation is good. Make sure like you're, you know, I'm not sure if you require concrete footers or, you know, piers or anything like that, but I would make sure you'd maybe have the, uh, the inspector like come out beforehand before the home gets there and make sure that the foundation's good. Cause some States require uh, a certain concrete, you know, footers or uh, piers. And then they'll also require a mounding like, you know, so that water doesn't sit under the home. So just make sure the foundation is good. And then I would also, before you get the home on the lot, make sure you, your utility connections are, are there and clear. You know, a lot of times with vacant sewer lines, you know, vacant lots, for example, kids will come in and take off the top and put rocks down the sewer line. And then you get the home on top and it's like, all right, well now it's twice as much to, to snake that line. I should have done it before the home was there. I know that from experience uh, once or twice. <laughs> And then the other say, thing is the water like lines. Yeah, I've done that uh, a couple of times, unfortunately. And then, you know, the water lines, making sure that you have a new fresh shutoff on there while mm -hmm. there's not a home on top, because it's way harder to do uh, once there's a home on top. So some of that kind of stuff. And then I know your, your parks are up north. So when you bring that home in, I would spend the extra money and do like insulated skirting or like metal skirting Ooh, yeah, so that you, you know, insulate your, uh, your water lines and things like that under the home so that you prevent water, water leaks, you know, cause those lines will yeah. freeze and that's no fun. We actually, I just learned, um, that there are hoses, there are heated hoses. So you don't have to put uh, heat tape on it. It's just a hose that is heated. And it, this blew my mind. I was like, that's genius. Over I mean, top of the water lines, you just put the hoses over top of it, or it's the actual lines that go from the, from the, uh, you know, where it's coming out of the ground into the home. No, I guess that the water line itself is itself, but I'm, I'm talking about just the hose that you would connect. Um, well, we're thinking of RVs here, but okay. uh, the hose that connects to the RV, um, they have heated hoses, which wow, it's great. <laughs> yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Gabe, what are some mistakes that you've made with these two mobile home parks? So the first one, I mean, the biggest one that jumps out to my mind is onboarding a property. Um, we, the first park we did it was just a shit show i'm sorry for swearing on your on your podcast but it was just crazy uh we we were not organized enough um you know nobody was on a lease 
And so we had to get everybody onto, onto our lease. Um, and we did that. We, we threw a barbecue and we, most people in the park spoke Spanish. I was the only one who spoke Spanish in the, in the, um, the partnership. And so we were just trying to corral everybody and there was no like organ real organization to how we're getting everybody signed on a lease and explaining to them, you know, what the new ownership is, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that was probably the biggest mistake we did because we left there. We just had a pile of papers and we were like, we didn't even know if we had everybody signed. And it was just like, <laughs> oh God, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. And we, we have a park that primarily is, uh, they speak Spanish and, you know, it's really tough if you don't have someone that's fluent to, you know, communicate. And so we ended up uh, our on-site manager was bilingual and she actually translated the whole lease into Spanish. And that was like huge, you know, cause then they kind of, you know, cause then they understood the rules and they understood the things that were in there. So uh, yeah. So you're, you're fluent in Spanish. No, no, or, that's the other problem. I'm not fluent. I, uh, okay. I'm, I'm decent. I'm decent at it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if someone who didn't speak, spoke Spanish, um, someone who doesn't speak Spanish hears me, they'll, they'll think I'm fluent, but I'm like, definitely, definitely not fluent. So yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a challenge, but we got through it. It was a challenge. Yeah. But <laughs> you learned and you know, uh, that's, that's what, that's what's most important. Yeah, exactly. uh, well, let me ask you this, Gabe, what is the value proposition at Kaizen Properties? What, what makes you guys different? And, you know, what would make an investor want to invest with you guys? Yeah, uh, so value proposition, I guess there's multiple ways to look at that um, from whose perspective you're looking through. Um, in terms of the customers, like at our self-storage facilities, we're always improving our, our facilities. Um, and so they're always... You know, when we buy them, we really have high, high standards for having a quality facility um, that, you know, that has all the, all the amenities that you would expect in, a, you know, a grade A facility, even if it's not uh, an A-class um, A class structure. So we're, we're looking to do the A-class service, even if it's not, you know, a, a double story climate controlled kind of thing. Um, from the investor side, uh, you know, an LP coming in to, to invest with us, uh, the, the value proposition is really the experience. Um, you know, we've 60, I'm sure you've done, I don't know how many deals I've seen you on, uh, on social media, you guys are crushing it. You're, you're doing a really good job out there. Um, so you have a ton of experience, but I'm, I'm getting up there. We're on, uh, we're going on to deal number what six here or something like that. And so we have a lot of track records, uh, or a track record that of excellence, um, all of our deals have done very, very well. And so that is, uh, that's kind of the value add is that we've, the deals that we get into are, um, I don't go into deals that are not absolutely, you know, out of the park. Great. And so when you invest with us, then, uh, you know, that you're going to have a good return. That's great. Yeah. I would say that I learned probably 80% of what I know on the first five parks that we bought. Yep. It was like the first five was like this drastic learning curve of just like, taking everything in. And then since then, you know, there's been little tweaks here and there, but those first five were like the most important. Drinking know? from the fire hose. Yes. Yep. <laughs> definitely. How uh, many of you, uh, if you don't mind, if I ask you yeah. a question, how many, um, how many parks do you guys have in your portfolio? We have 33 parks in our Ooh, portfolio. Now. Wow. Yeah. So That's we, great. we've been blessed and things are consistently growing. We, uh, we purchased 10 this year. So wow. 
it's been a really good year for us. We're really blessed. And, you know, some of them are pretty big value add projects. So we're, uh, you know, facing supply shortages and tough getting contractors and things like that, um, which I'm sure, you know, you and other investors are facing the same struggles. Uh, But I'm really proud of our team. You know, I couldn't do it. Like if it was just me, like it, the team is, is what helped, what has helped us get there. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, awesome, Gabe. How can our listeners get a hold of you uh, if they would like to do so? Yeah, so uh, the best way, um, Kaizen's website is uh, kaizenpropertiesusa.com or you can go to the the uh, podcast and that's therealestateinvestingclub.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gabe, for coming on the show and adding value to our listeners. Uh, that is it for today, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Hey, are you getting value out of this show? If so, would you mind please going over to iTunes and leaving the show a quick five-star review? I have a goal of hitting over 100 five-star reviews by the end of 2021, and it would mean the absolute world to me if you could help contribute to that. Thanks ahead of time for making my day with your five-star review of the show.